I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Tims. We are delighted to be joined by Sean Maloney here at Lennox Town. Sean, thanks for having us up. No problem, not at all. So Sean, you're now a coach with the club. Are you working with the development squad mainly or do you work with the younger boys, younger than that as well? No, just um, specifically just the under-20s. Um, so that's, uh, that's a daily job. I think uh, pretty much six days a week. Um, we work with them morning and afternoons and uh, we've got uh, we've got a busy schedule from now at the end of the season, and we've had European and EPL games. This, uh, a lot of calls recently. Yeah, just with the weather. Um, so we're a few league games behind. If you look at our league table, we um, uh, during the international break we lose a fair amount of players, and we play in the EPL Cup, which has meant that we're probably seven seven or eight games behind the rest of the, the table. What's that EPL Cup for people that may not know? Oh, sorry, it's a, it's an under. I think it's under twenty one, under twenty threes, maybe. I think England is. So we yeah, in our group was Swansea, Man United, and uh, Bilbao. Um, but it all has to be played uh, generally in England or obviously Wales. And mm. Champions League idea for the kind of yeah. Um, although the youth Champions League, I found really, really, uh, really good this year. Um, so we get exactly the same group as the first team. Right. So then that's a nineteens tournament, um, and we we take that. So that was something I found. Really, really enjoyable. Played on the same day, isn't it? Uh, same day. Uh, sometimes it's not great the timing of it because we miss the home games in the first team because we because if it's on TV, we kick off at like four o'clock, which means yeah. to get from Dumbarton or more, and we won't make yeah, first half I, of the first team like game. Yeah, some of the games. But you well, can't no, you want to go every game, don't you? Like it's, it's Champions League. Uh, but those games were really good. So for the young players to play against the same group of group of teams as the first team was. Uh, was really, uh, I think it was an amazing experience. How did they get on? Uh, I done done pretty well. We um, we same as the first team. We finished third, uh, and there was definitely moments in matches against PSG at home and Munich at home where we probably um, we would we would like to think we should have won the match. It was a wee bit of heartache, wasn't there? There's was a few late goals. It seemed to be just losing it quite at the end. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Munich was last minute. Um, we were one 0 up with twenty to go, and PSG we were two one up. So um, yeah, there's definitely things we could have done better. That we at that level, uh, it, it's the same even in youth level compared to the, the youth level and domestically at the higher level, you you get punished when mistakes are made. Well, that's what you want them to learn from these games yeah, and course, yeah. take that on in their careers further. So does the under twenties training mirror the first teams training? Do they? Have the same schedule, or are they training different days? Or uh, different schedule because our league games are generally a Monday or Tuesday. Uh, now they'll be a Monday or a Thursday, um, Monday and a Thursday. So we'll play twice a week. Uh, we try and we work our schedule around the first team whenever they need us in, or they need a group of our players, which is pretty regularly. Um, we'll um, we'll try and mirror the first team as much as possible. 
will you watch a lot of the first team football for ideas? Or? When we don't train um, or an international breaks, the first team take our players uh, because the first team lose so many to internationals. Uh, they take all the players joint together and the first team coaches take it. Um, but any days that our team aren't training and I'm in the building, yeah, I'll watch the first team. So to what extent do you guys mirror the first team? Does it come down to like, the formation, the set pieces, or is it more broad than that? Uh, no, it's, it's so it's mainly like the managers sort of like uh, uh, sort of the game game model like a couple of years ago philosophy like which yeah. uh, the manager's sort of idea on how he thinks football should be played. We will in fairness, I I agree with I agree with the majority of or pretty much um, the majority of what the manager does and how he plays. So that makes it easy for me. If I'm quite. Um, motivating to coach because it's the same I, I agree with how to win matches in a similar sort of vein as what the first team do and uh, uh, so but he's not he's not uh, you don't have to play the same formation as the first team players you've noticed that they've changed formation um, we changed we've got variations in the way we play um, but it doesn't have to be the same as what the first team is that week no there's different players so. of course yeah yeah. Or, yeah it's, that's why you sort of have team formations isn't it suit the players rather than the coaches <laughs> that's the plan yeah so we'll take you back to the very start of your life actually born in Malaysia mm-hmm. and you moved here to Scotland how, how did that come about uh, my dad was working over there um, so my dad was in uh, he was a helicopter pilot so he was teaching they got his company got offered a contract to to go out to Malaysia and teach people how to fly helicopters so he was there for originally it was meant to be two three years and then the, the contract got extended so we were there for uh, four or five years mm. some football manager knowledge I got that from what's it <laughs> oh, don't worry we all, we've all played it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do yeah well used to uh, you came through up through the ranks at mm. Battlefield yeah the players you teach now come through here at Lennox Town yeah. would you rather if you could go back or if there's another parallel world would you rather train in this facility or did Battlefield make the play you are? Well, 100% here would you? yeah 100% <laughs> uh, we've been to Battlefield no. uh, we should have done this at Battlefield <laughs> Battlefield hasn't changed from the time I was there uh, we've only been there once this season and it's not changed at all uh, and that's not a good thing uh, <laughs> It's uh, no Barfields. Um, the facilities aren't. aren't uh, they try very hard, so the pitches are normally the best thing. So the groundsmen work hard, but the building, um, the building isn't isn't uh, suitable now for uh, to have a, a team based there. Well, funnily enough, we watched the '95 '96 season review, okay. and some of that they were filming Tommy Burns and the players training at Barfield. It just looks like a public park sort of idea. There was under under Mar- uh, was it Martin I think or Gordon uh, they they then extended Barfield down below so there was now an astroturf an actual pitch down at the bottom is the best pitch um, so they did spend some money but no the, the pitches are, are fine but it was just you can't the shower areas the the eating areas like you can't you can't have yeah. a team based there now like uh, the facilities now the players have uh, the the young players uh, is excellent like there's you should the gym's excellent here the indoor area. The food and canteen really is very good, but our, our players still have to then do certain jobs for the kit man here. So yeah, collecting mannequins, mini goals, uh, cleaning boots—they still have uh, a certain amount of jobs that the first years have to do. That's what a lot of professionals say. Young players miss these days is doing the jobs that maybe you had to do getting in early, 
all that so you try and keep that <clears throat> I think I think as you get older you probably start to remember it slightly differently where where you found uh, you found that whole experience like really really humble and it teach it taught you a lot when I think you'd actually remember fully you didn't like it yeah. much as well uh, but I do look I think I, I don't have a problem with it um, obviously times have changed they can't do everything um, uh, certain rules within companies now that you can't can't do the things that my generation or generation before did so I don't mind if they do help the kit man with um, cleaning boots and, and mannequins and mini goals I think that I can let them know that they're, they're not in the first team yet we found out that you could have went down a different career path instead okay. of a footballer talented tennis player Aye, but you can. Uh, thankfully, I made the right decision because I stopped. I stopped growing at a certain age, so I don't think I would have made uh, made a very good tennis player. Well, Judy Murray's got some footage of you. She says you're a talented boy, apparently. Ah, well, that's very <laughs> polite of Judy, but uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, um, so uh, I was yeah, I absolutely loved it. I took it really seriously as well. Um, I think that's just my nature of taking things seriously. So. Uh, but I had to make a decision at uh, about fourteen, and even even at that age, I was I was national level, but I was never elite national, so it was, um, so that was that was fine. The decision to play football was good. Yeah. Fine people usually get more than one talent. You're another one that I hate those sort of people. When you came through the the year Franks at Celtic, I, I like to think I know everything about Celtic and try. And know all the players that are coming through now when you came through it was sort of pre-internet time mm-hmm. but when you came on in your first game I didn't really know who you were and I followed the, the under 21s and all that so were you fast tracked through the, the teams? Yeah I didn't really play with the reserves um, or the 21s at the time I I think I played maybe I started once sorry I started twice played one 90 minute with the reserves uh, on us I think it was maybe the weekend before that debut with Rangers I think I might have started the weekend before and there was a midweek game and I got taken off at half time on a Tuesday or Wednesday uh, it must have been a Wednesday and then told uh, at half time as I was getting taken off you were the first team the next day and then that was it so there was no there wasn't I, I was in the youth team at the time so I was in the under 18s um, so what happens uh, or used to happen is your first year in you'd be under 16 so I was 16 but you could still play under uh, that first year was 16 and below and then second year you were under 18 squad um, and you had two years under 18 so it was, you had under under 17 under 18 so I was fortunate on that second year that was when uh, the end of that season was when I got my debut mm-hmm. so you, you come on at Ibrox mm-hmm. shortage of strikers Chris Sutton was injured you come on for Tommy Johnson yeah. what, did Martin O'Neill say anything to you but did you know was a possibility coming on or did you just throw you in seeing yeah, what you're doing well it was between myself and Mark Fotheringham um, who was going to be on the bench but because like you say the striker um, and it wasn't just first team strikers there was uh, I was fortunate there was reserve strikers weren't um, weren't fit uh, Birchall Lynch I think was Birchall there or was he on loan Birchall Lynch Craig Beatty would have been there no no he's younger than me so he? he would have um, I'm trying to think might have been uh, I think Liam Keogh might have been I don't know if he'd left. Uh, well, but you played with Simon Lynch a couple of weeks yeah. later against Hearts, didn't you? Both scored. Was that the end of that season? I think so. Yeah. Um, so they, they must have been injured at the time because then that's there was no other. Well, he, I think Simon Lynch was the youngest player to make his debut for Celtic at one point. So. Yeah, I remember there was uh, at Douglas's 
last game. Remember Henrik? Yeah, yeah. Henrik uh, played 60 minutes or played however. Um, no, Martin didn't say anything. Uh, just named the team. Um, you might know Martin doesn't say much before. <laughs> when he names the team, he just literally names names it and then leaves until comes back after warm up. Uh, uh, so no, didn't say anything. Was there any nerves on your part, or did you? I just because you seemed quite focused. So presumably, by this point, you'd already thought, right, I'm going to be a Celtic player now. And then did you just see that as your opportunity? This is me now. No, it was. Too, it happened too quickly. It was, um, and you don't ever. I think when you first get brought in the first team, you don't. You, you still don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's literally until it actually happens. You don't. You don't. You don't you see it. The point where you're sitting on the bench, you're watching the game. That's different. Um, when you're on the bench, that was the first time I'd ever been on the bench um, or been in a first team squad that weekend. Um, no, you just. Uh, I, I probably was too young to actually understand the consequences of of it. Um, so you're 18. You just go with it. Um, so there was no nerves or. Um, they all came probably a little bit later. It's a big game because it was the first time I'd ever seen Celtic beat Rangers at Ibrox. It's also Lubo scored the two goals. Mm-hmm. Henrik scores his 50th. Yep. He goes round the keeper. It's going in. You're at the back post. Are you ever tempted just to tap <laughs> in? Uh, yeah, but it was, uh, it was Henrik. And, I, and there was a fair bit about him getting 50. Um, uh, I should have scored in the game. I had chances. Um, but no, you can't. You can't do that to Henrik. I'm 18. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, and I absolutely like. I, like, I loved him coming through the youth lights. Even when you're working at the stadium, he was, he was obviously the main player. Um, so, <laughs> nah, you pick, <laughs> you pick your players to do that to, and Henrik wouldn't be one of them. You came through at Celtic at a time when they had arguably the best ever strike force. See, when you're coming through and you've made your debut, are you desperate to play after that? Do you bide your time or? It's just your mindset. Do you back yourself to think I can play in this team, even though these three great strikers are there? Uh, it sort of ch- it went up and down a little bit. Um, so to start with, I was I was well aware of Sutton, Hartson, uh, Larson. I think they signed Hartson in the summer. In that summer, yeah. So it got even harder. Um, and at that point, I was I was just basically a nine or a ten, as in like position wise. So I knew I knew that I was a fair bit away from starting. Uh, so I was really patient. Understood that. Um, I think towards I got to the age of maybe 20 so after a couple of years I started to think um, would it be beneficial to try and get out on loan um, and it was around about that time that I actually done a, I had a really bad knee injury um, I think you wanted to play because you were shot yeah yeah, that, yeah. Was yeah it was Yeah, I, I asked to play in the game the manager was not keen um, I played in it unfortunately uh, I had a really bad knee injury so that was going to set me out for up to a year so before that, I was just starting to get to a stage where I felt this is this is a stage I probably need to start trying to play a bit more. But it was always with the thought of playing at Celtic. Even though I was going to go out on loan, I still thought I was going to be good enough. But, but that knee injury was probably a massive blessing in disguise um, in terms of... Uh, so we, we had an amazing team at Celtic with amazing players, and I was on the periphery, really. Or I was, I was involved a lot, but I would it would be 20 minutes here, half an hour. Cup games, maybe I get a start. It's not really, it's not really like a, a senior player yet, um, and that knee injury really focused me to. I seen what Henrik, uh, the responsibility Henrik, um, and previously players like Lugo and even Paul Lambert, and then Bellamy came when I was just coming back. So how, how hard he worked, um, I spoke to him a lot actually. Um, he was really generous with his time, 
and it really focused me on exactly what I wanted and I wanted to be one of the most important players on the team and, um, and I knew I had to put more work in than what I had been doing Just when you look at that team it just seems like there were grown men professionals mm-hmm. they all knew what it took to be that is that what made you the player because you could like you said you could see what they done every day to get to that level and that focused you and thought well that's I need to do that and more to break into this team yeah it was a harsh environment so it was um, a hard environment not harsh um, uh, yeah physically at training um, up against Mialby Loharan Baldy uh, Varga came in Larson um, even some of the other players played defensively a guy ended up defensive McNamara Craney Kennedy like there was all big yeah yeah it was physical well that was that was how Martin liked his defence really physical and yeah that that sort of thing so I became very I suppose one of the best things out of that was I became very comfortable with contact so when a player really like defending against you engages you I became very comfortable with actually having contact with the player which that was um that's something I probably like took the most out of in that period how were those guys in training like did they see you as a threat to their position? Did they have time for you? How, how um, no, Henrik was amazing. Uh, Henrik, unbelievably generous again with his time, just constantly um, speaking to me regarding positions, certain things, uh, angles of finishing, things like that. He was very good. Same with Bellamy. Sutton and Hartson, I was a very different player, so it was difficult yeah. to take too much. Uh, Lubo was the same. Did a lot of extra work with Lubo. Um, but the the training was competitive, really, really competitive. So there was um, tackles were exactly like they were in games. Um, I can't remember who really refereed. It was probably Steve Walford. It was pretty liberal, I think. So um, yeah, young the old games. The day before a game was unbelievably competitive. Um, really, yeah, I speak to John Kennedy, or we have done previously. It was, it was a. It was a battle the young lads against the, the senior team because the senior team was really the ones that started. We're all trying to get the jersey. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. Most of that young team, I mean, bring them off that Manus, Kennedy, Foringham, that all that beaty all went on to have really good careers. I mean, that, that must have been a really great team to play in. Yeah, so the, the, it was a really group, a uh, good group that came through. Um, so just before, I, just as I came in, uh, like Kennedy was already there, Lynch. Healy, Healy went on to play uh, international, yeah. Jamie Smith, Lee Miller. Um, and then just after me would have been B.E. Wallace, Wallace had a really good career. Uh, McGeady, uh, uh, even Darren O'Day, like that started to come a little bit further. David Marshall came Jeez, yeah, forgetting Marshall. Yeah. Mate for about seven years <laughs> national team. Uh, so yeah, the, the sort of, the, particularly under Martin, it was a really good group that came through, but it was just the first team group was so difficult to break into but it was it was it was a really su- successful period in the 20s and 21s as well um, it was a really strong side for a numerous numerous amount of years Stephen's brother actually played Gary Arbuckle yeah Gary Arbuckle yeah 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 it's number 9 wasn't he he was a striker yeah yeah, yeah that's right yeah. so you win the league but you get the injury and then mm-hmm. we come on to the next season mm-hmm. UEFA Cup run at Seville Henrik gets the injury before the Stuttgart games mm-hmm. pure opportunity jink that game was the game that really People took notice and thought this guy's came of age here because that's the way I felt. I thought it was a big game for you, and you scored in it. You played well. Uh, it was a high pressure game for me because exactly I hadn't started really a really meaningful game. Uh, not meaningful, but like a real high pressure game like that. Uh, 
uh, uh, that was a really great game to do that in. Um, yeah, yeah, probably, probably let the other rest of the squad as well know that I was capable at that level. Um, yeah, it was a big game for me that at a young age. Um, it's, it wasn't certain I was going to start, uh, although Henrik was out. It was Martin could have still went with Silla or um, changed formation, but um, no, he played me. So yeah, that was a big moment. Um, maybe just to get a little bit more of a standing within the squad, senior players knew that I could play at that level. It's like right before half time you scored, but a lot of people say Martin O'Neill didn't give young players a chance, but we've just ringed off a lot of players that he did give a chance to. Don't think there's been a manager since that's given so many young players a chance. And do you think that was harsh on him? We spoke to Steve McManus and he said he thought he gave players a great chance. In. Um, I don't, I don't, I'd have to probably look and see how many real appearances um, uh, young players had because it was a really good group. So you had Healy, Miller, like Miller played, Miller came in and was just mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, uh, Kennedy played at times, uh, Smith actually played, uh, he played big games, I'm sure he started Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, Craney started a lot of games. Craney, yeah, we didn't. Yeah. Craney was sort of Craney was a really good left back, but we didn't play the yeah, left back at the time. Feet. Yeah, and then when Craney left, we changed. And we had McNamara at left <laughs> back. Uh, uh, no, Martin did, um, and I think that rule with the twenty ones that you had to have two help. Yeah, help young players. Um, the first team is very very strong. Um, no, no, I probably couldn't label that as Martin. Um, no, it was a really good group. At some point, those players were either going to play here or they would have had to move on. Um, no, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have labelled them that, no. The final in Seville. Mm, yeah, it's hard for me to talk about. Yeah, it's not something that's overly uh, keen to <laughs> go into great depth about. <laughs> but you, you had a chance with a free kick towards the end. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think, give it to somebody else, or did you back yourself to say, no, I want this, or... Is it just what do you replay it all the time? I know it's probably hard not anymore, but for for many years I did think about it um, on a daily event. Like it was, uh, I think it was for quite reasonably soon uh, or not long ago. Um, so I had a free kick right on the edge of the box, and it. Uh, now, well, for ten years later, I would have or longer when whenever I was playing, if I was twenty nine, thirty, I would cross the ball from there. But at nineteen twenty, I practiced. Unbelievably hard at free kicks. Um, I, I saw it as a chance to. There was senior players there that could have took the free kick. I, I wanted to take it, um, um, and I just took a bad free kick. Um, I didn't. I didn't execute it the way I'd like. Um, and that's for for years. That was something that I used to. I used to think about that final, other things. Um, I used to like really, really think about that game a lot. Uh, probably wasn't until. Uh, well, what, what was that? I would have been twenty. You're talking years, years. I would have really like uh, I thought about that game, and that was probably part of the reason why when I did come back from my knee injury, it was I was really motivated to try and be a, a real important player for the team because past experiences, that being one of them. You know, it's just it's one of those things that happens in a game. And I think about chances I miss in a game as well. <laughs> I wonder if professionals do it as well. So yeah, that one. Feel a bit better. That game cut. That cut. Cut me hard. That did um, just uh, just incredibly hard. Yeah, it hit me. Uh, we played a game a few days later at Kilmarnock, uh, and obviously lost the league. Um, but I, I fractured my foot in that game, so I had all the summer still at the stadium on my own <laughs> with the physio. So I think that that certainly didn't help. But it didn't matter. Like that was two weeks. I'm talking like two, three years, four years after that. That game still still um, was very much in my mind. 
it's just such a hard defeat to take, but at the same time, so fondly remembered by all the fans. Like, we went there, we gave it our best. There wasn't much more the squad could have done as a whole, was there? No, look, the squad, um, squad was very, very good, and we had one outstanding player. So his, his headers were just unbelievable. Um, you think of the great headers like, that you've seen. It was one of those headers was just outstanding. I still stand by Hendricks is the best I've ever seen. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, I was in um, the Wigan team where the Ben Watson scored a header to win the game in the yeah, FA Cup final, and yeah. that header is <laughs> header's a joke as well. And I remember Ronaldo scored away at Roma for Man United in the Champions League. Oh, miles up there. When the, when Scholes, I think it's Scholes crosses it. Ronaldo's not in the box or ran, or just coming into the box, and I mean he heads it from like penalty spot. Yeah, but Henrik's header would that's the sort of three that stick out for me. So, Martin O'Neill leaves. Mm-hmm. How disappointed were you to see him go? Well, the the, the sort of um, the reasons why he left. Obviously, his wife was uh, yeah. Got it. You were more gutted what was happening at home for him uh-huh. rather than um, rather than him uh, staying on as your manager. Uh, it was just a completely unknown for me as a player to obviously come through the ranks and then have Martin for four or five years and. Uh, yeah, you just. I think it was Gordon was announced pretty quickly. Yeah, so the day after. Yeah, yeah, so um, and then that was just the summer. I played maybe one game at the end of the season for Martin, coming back from an ACL, maybe two. Uh, and then so it was, it was a real sort of junction in my career where I wasn't. Um, I had a summer to. I've I worked so hard that summer to come back in a condition to. Show, uh, show striking. I want to be a main player for his team. When he came in, it didn't get off to a good start, but mm-hmm. it's sort of changed position for you from up front to out wide. Martin O'Neill seems like he's maybe not the training ground manager, but Gordon Stratton is. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be better for your development? He changed position. He's maybe sort of kind of like you in the way he played back in the day. Was that in your thinking as well? Uh, I think it was just a very different way of uh, coaching. So Martin was very much a manager um, and Gordon was very much a coach. So... Uh, but it all look at the very beginning under Gordon. Uh, Gordon, I was not. I was definitely was not thought of as a, a main part of his team. I was due to go out on loan that summer because um, uh, I think Gordon had signed Sarafsky. He still saw me as a striker at this point. Uh, Ali Adair came in as well. Ali yeah, and so did Virgo. Um, yeah, so uh, he played up front at Ibrox. I think Virgo came on ahead of Ali Adair, and then that's why. Idea left, I think. Was it? I think so. Um, so I would definitely. But before that, I'm talking pre-season. I was, um, I was due to go on loan. I wasn't really a part of the plans to start, um, start the season. And was it Livingston? Because Stephen McManus was like Livingston. Was that? Yeah, it was about well Livingston, and I was. Yeah, Lambo had just gone there as manager in Aberdeen, uh, um, and I was due to go and Leeds. I was going to go on loan. Uh, I was probably going to try and go on loan to Leeds or Aberdeen. Um, and then it all changed when we played Leeds in a friendly. Uh, I started that game wide, and then that was the manager said that I was not a part of his plans. And, and it just um, looking back, yeah, no, he changed my position, like you say, he changed me to left wing, um, and that was it. Yeah. How much did he work on that with you in training? Did he give you a lot of individual stuff, or did just within the team shape? Shit? Just the team shape. He gave me certain positional instructions when we had the ball and when we didn't, um, which. Uh, which I found like, invaluable. Like how to play that position, um, and then some a few technical things. He worked so hard on everyone technically. Gordon, yeah, yeah unbelievably. He thought he could improve players no matter what age or standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you hear 
Yeah, I still agree with it. Yeah, yeah. I think you can agree. Yeah, I think you can improve as a player technically at any age. You won player of the year, young player and player of the year that year, so I think that was your most consistent season? Yeah, for Celtic, uh, yeah, 100%. Um, uh, yeah, it was probably the most consistent I played as well in terms of like uh, minutes. minutes, yeah, lack of injuries. Um, that was my most consistent. Uh, felt very comfortable in the team, but still had a real um, desire to improve. Um, yeah, that was a season I look back on fondly. Um, uh, it was a massive sort of challenge for for Gordon coming in because it was a complete change around in squad. It was an aging squad, and um, and he had to do it on a s- smaller budget than than previous. So um, yeah, it was a really good season. Yeah. So we win the league and we go into the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Seems to be when big events happen, you're sort of right at the front. Yeah. Talked about Henrik's goal. Mm-hmm. One of my, the, I say, the best free kick I've ever seen is Naka, and you're standing right <laughs> beside him. Are you ever going to take that free kick as well? Uh, no, Naka, it was on Naka's side. Uh, Naka was actually, considering how good he was at free kicks, I was I was, I was, was okay. I wasn't as good as Naka, but he was pretty generous for giving me free <laughs> kicks on him. So when it was on my side, generally, unless the wall was in a particular position, which meant that it was a left foot or had less to do to score then. But in fairness, that was like, I'd, like, if I saw that as well, that's no problem. And he'd be the same on his side. Um, but no, with that one, it was too far for me. That like That's like the power he could generate from. So I could do it a bit closer to the 18-yard box. I could get it up and down, but he could he could hit all types of free kicks. I that still, free kick was a... I still think that's one of the best I've ever seen when you take into account the distance. Distance the, is unbelievable. The, like, the, the, goal the, the, area it, the goalie that was in the, the match, the level of competition, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. Um, really good player. Technically, really, really good. I think Strachan still raves about him, but uh, he, again, he was probably a level above that squad in terms of technically. Um, really good, worked really hard, um, and just amazing set pieces. Yeah. Pick one, Naka or Lubo? I think I'd have to probably say Lubo just for the the look. It's difficult because they're both exceptional, but like Lubo's two footedness was. I still haven't seen a player like that before. Or, or since uh, in terms of how good he was I remember we got Lubo at what 30, 33 um, so Lubo was uh, Lubo scored a goal away at Hibs I was on oh, the bench the left foot one I was, was, I was right behind that I was on, <laughs> um, not much between them uh, because obviously Naka then did it at a Champions League level but we got we got Lubo towards the end of his career mm. maybe maybe I am look back a little bit more fondly just because I was younger uh, not much between them yeah so in that same game, mm-hmm. Man United are given a penalty. And yeah. It's a judge that you've handballed it. What were your feelings then? Because the, the place was rocking. I remember when we were, I was watching the game, I thought, this always happens to us. We get there and then it's just taken away at the end. Because Martin O'Neill had been so unlucky to qualify so many times. And then the penalty, how were your feelings from the penalty being given up to the penalty being saved? Uh, I was just devastated because I, I was uh, charging in the wall and... Uh, we'd watched Ronaldo's free kicks um, and my job was to try and get in the way if I could even though it was stationary and it wasn't and, uh, uh, and it, it, now it would have uh, it would have been given a penalty as well even more so now your, my arm came up and um, just devastated that it could have been um, like that we were so close to qualifying and that but Arthur was really really good at penalties and um, he was having an amazing season so the noise from the penalty saves almost is the same as when the goal goes in it's unbelievable when you watch it back yeah there was sort of moments in those nights the Champions League nights when you beat a team 
we beat Benfica in that competition as well, in that campaign, like the when you get nice like that against some of the elite teams. It's, uh, there's not uh, there's not too many places. Um, at least I've been where it's been as noisy as that. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. So you go into the last year of your contract. Mm-hmm. What happened to the negotiations then? Uh, I need to be careful because I'm, I'm back working <laughs> at the club. Uh, no, just the um, well, I'll just be honest. Like the uh, so there was we'd signed uh, we'd signed quite a few players that summer, um, and just uh, I certainly didn't want. Uh, I knew I think we signed we signed Hesselink, we signed Kenny Miller. Uh, did we sign Gravison? A little bit later on, though. Was it Donati? Donati was Gravison might have been a bit later. Um, and I obviously just came through the youth, and I felt that um, uh, I think we just might. It was my last year. I was part of the first team. I had a really great season. I just wanted to be sort of in the sort of first team sort of contract. Um, uh, and obviously, the, at that time, we just could not agree. Um, I just we just couldn't agree. We couldn't get close. I think that was the problem. I certainly wasn't asking for a st- stupid amount of money. Um, I just felt that I I wanted to be on the same as some first team players and not the really not the real um, experienced ones or the international. I just felt I could have been a bit closer. Um, I just could not agree, and it was and it was probably for the first three or four months of that season there was it was like there was no talking or it was nobody was getting closer. And then that's when I started to realise that this is this looks like I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna be leaving. Um, I, even the day before I left, I remember sitting down with Tommy Burns in the um, directors um, 
on the director's table at Celtic Park going through exactly what I wanted. Um, I didn't know that the transfer was that close to Aston Villa the next day, but he must have done it. He was his staff and he just generally asked me, what, what did you want? And we sat down and wrote a list of exactly what, I'm, not, not financial, I'm talking what did I want to do in my career. Mm-hmm. And for the next four years, I wanted to be at Celtic. Um, we went through all the things I wanted to achieve as a Celtic player the next four years. Um, and uh, that was <laughs> the next day I was sold to Aston Villa. How good was Tommy Burns with that sort of thing? Because he loves Celtic, but I get the feeling he always put the players' needs before Celtic's needs in that sort of situation. Yeah. Like he was a sort of mediator between Strachan and McGeady, wasn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, those were the middle man. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but Tommy. Tommy, I think he had, when your player's coming through, he must have a certain attachment to a player that's came through academy. He knows all about that. So, But he was amazing at that time. Um, he knew I wanted to stay, and he, but he could also understand probably both sides. I can underst- Looking back now, I can understand the club and I can also understand the player's point of view. I think a year and a half later, I joined back. I think the biggest regret I had is that I didn't take more of a personal... Um, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't more involved in the negotiations, which. But I was twenty three, um, and that's not really. I, I was maybe not experienced enough. But I wish I had that, because if I'd sat down with myself, Gordon, Dermot Desmond, uh, or Mister Desmond, and, uh, and Peter Lowell, if I'd sat down with those four people, I'm pretty sure within an hour we would have actually agreed a contract, um, because I wanted to stay. I didn't want to be the highest paid player, nowhere near it. I just I just wanted to be in the first team squad and um I think if we'd all sat down in the room we would have got it done. But unfortunately that that uh, that time you still you you have agents, they work with Peter and um, and we just couldn't agree a contract. And, uh yeah, it was it was a tough, tough moment. Yeah. Do you think it would have been different if a transfer to Villa had it been under a different manager? But with Martin O'Neill at least you knew I know what I'm getting with him. What went before, and there was Celtic players there as well. Yeah, Martin was well. Martin was probably well. He he obviously drove the transfer, and he wanted it that January because they weren't doing great that season. Um, so they really drove it for that summer because at that point uh, you could sign a pre-contract, which I hadn't. I think it was reported I'd signed a pre-contract, and that was total total lies. I'd never I never did. Um, it was just literally the the club accepted a fee of um, I think a million pounds, which was quite a lot considering my contract was up. Um, uh, and that was it um, I don't know if somebody the club had thought there was a pre-contract so I was leaving already but within within probably asked, I was at the train I was at the stadium that day and then I got the call that the fee had been agreed and that was it What was it about Martin O'Neill that makes him so good because he just seems to be able to galvanise teams and players that not yourself but aren't that good like the Ireland squad that he got <laughs> in the Euros like, when you look at that team it's not great and the Scotland team, when you beat them, I have to say you were a better team. But he manages to get these teams just to perform so much better. He's got a he's got a way of motivating players. Um, there's a there's a certain aura. There's definitely a little bit of fear in that. that um, um, but he has a personality that somehow manages to get players to really want to play for him. Um, I've not seen too many people with that sort of skills. Well, that personality skill where you have a group of men, and they're normally he's got like a real physical team, and they really want to. We'll do. We'll just. We'll just die from. So it's, it's an amazing gift he's got. So, were there any reservations about coming back to Celtic 
after Aston Villa? Um, yeah, it was obviously the second time round. I was um, I understood that not things don't always go right, but no, I wanted to come back. I never, I had a. Um, there was no closure from leaving here. I didn't want to leave at the time. Um, it happened so quickly that um, every summer, every my whole sort of like career, I was devoted to to doing well for like this club because that's what I wanted. Um, I was really motivated by it every year. If you did your team didn't do well, then obviously the rivals were winning. Yeah. So that was really motivating. Um, so when uh, when the opportunity came again, then. No, I was I was absolutely delighted. Did you enjoy your time at Villa? I know at the time, I think you said you were home sick and you were but you know, being down in England, having that change of atmosphere and the change of culture, was there things that you enjoyed about it? See, it wasn't so much homesick, so I wasn't, because uh, my home's Aberdeen, so I was um, Glasgow. It was more I just could not settle. I didn't have any closure of leaving here. It happened at midnight that night, the next morning, you're in a new club. Um, I just... Uh, for those first four or five months of the club, I really struggled. Um, I would have went back that summer. Um, I think there was just, there was even possibility of me coming back that summer. Um, but the, when when that wasn't going to happen, uh, I think I'd even spoke to. I still spoke to Gordon Strachan about it, even that summer. And it was um, when enjoy like you've got a year there, go and go and play Premier League, go and enjoy it as much as you can, and we can speak again next summer. Um, and then that full season, I did enjoy it. It was a really good club, Aston Villa. Uh, they, had some, they had a great season. They finished sixth. Uh, Martin was bringing in some really good players. So it was uh, the training facilities were outstanding. Yeah. I was playing in a different league, and I was finally actually did enjoy that year. Um, lived in Birmingham, and yeah, I really enjoyed the year. That the full year I was there, yeah, I liked it. So when you did come back, it seemed to be. Gordon Strachan leaves, Tony Mowbray comes in, he leaves, Lennon comes in. You had a lot of bad luck injuries. Did it just not quite, I know there is no plan, but did it not quite go to plan the way you'd have hoped the second stint? Yeah, definitely the last part with the injuries. Um, that was just the, probably the biggest. Uh, but that's something I just, now I feel like um, it's part of life, unfortunately, as an athlete. I couldn't have tried any harder. I've got no regrets here coming back and thinking I wish I'd maybe worked a wee bit harder in rehab. Um, I just got some really, really bad injuries. So the ankle injury was, that was like five, six months, like really bad ankle injury. Never niggles with you, was it? No, unfortunately not. There seemed to be like no structural issues that would, um, uh, that would sort of like just turn into like five, six months rather than out. There was one, I think it was Mowbray's year, it was a really, just could not, get through the rehab process there was just couldn't it was um uh, I had I had Achilles issue to start with and then I could not get out of that rehab phase without doing something back in training and that ended up being a seven eight months like that I think I played in oh, I think I played eight games for Tony Mowbray that season and that was it and those eight games was some of some of my best form for the club start, yeah it was an amazing start in a way was a great game yeah, so so within the team and then as an individual, I was playing as well as I probably had for the club, and then unfortunately, I was never never seen again that season. And it was pretty similar again under under Lenny for a period. I was playing really well, and then unfortunately the ankle injury. And that's five six months. And now looking back, I can understand the club have to have to make decisions on players. I had a year left in my contract, and um, Lenny was going in a different direction. Um, 
Yeah, so Chris had a brilliant career here. There was other players. Paddy was coming in, Nam again, so from a wider area. Um, and they just thought that um, it was time for me to move on. And um, So I was now at the other side where it was the club that was mm-hmm. pretty keen for me to move on. And um, and that was fine. Um, I respected that. I gave everything I had and, and then I moved to, moved to Wigan. It seems when maybe it's just a change of scenery. It helps you because after that... You weren't as injured as much, were you? No, um, no. I just got fit for I'd got fit for the start of that season, Millennium, and the club had obviously made a decision to that I wasn't going to be a part of the future. Um, and um, but I had missed so much football really within the last couple of years that for the first five or six months at Wigan, I was just training, training a lot, training very, very hard at times on my own. Martinez, I read that. He left you as long as needed. He just let you get fit. He didn't want you to break down again. So yeah, left me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was like that was what I needed. I needed to train every day because I had been been years before I'd actually trained consecutively for weeks on end, which might sound like, but that's true. I hadn't trained probably two three weeks consecutively without any issue for years, a couple of years, and at Wigan, that's all I did for the first few months, just train. And players were getting ready for games. I was doing more conditioning work, and and I needed it because compared to the Premier League's more phys, uh, physicalities, uh, superior to the Scottish game. So it's quicker, stronger. Just just what you face every week. You face a a, a bigger physicality, um, and I wasn't ready for it. And then it took me three four months because I was injured for so so long. As well as the physical side of things, though, mentally that must be quite good just to get back into your rhythm, back into training, knowing you've got space ahead of you to get to get back into your best yeah, uh, it was like uh, maybe just as well a new scenery so I'd, I'd had so much injury problems that look at in this city you I know if I, it was I know what fans said I know what the city being in the city thought that I had I'd had really tough injuries and now I'd moved to Wigan which the pressure was far less I mean I didn't live within the town the town's only got 50,000 pe- uh, people so there wasn't this intensity that I felt that I had to try and get back fit straight away the manager gave me that period of time to, to get conditioned again and, and I needed it did you know Roberto Martinez before because he was at Mullerwell yeah I must have played against him but no I didn't know him um, and look I was I was a bit of a gamble for them because I was very I was didn't cost a lot of money um, my wages wouldn't have been um, like high high scale for them I t- signed a two year deal 28 so I wasn't I was a gamble I was a gamble for them, really, and um, that they were. Well, hopefully, yeah. It was just there was a possibility that if they got me in decent condition, I could play the way I'd played at certain times for Celtic. And um, fortunately, that's the way it turned out. Yeah. Martinez was like with Celtic; mm-hmm. he rejected Celtic. Mm-hmm. He seemed to play a good style of football at Wigan, and it probably would have worked at a team, a more dominant team. Jenky would have done well at Celtic. It was a good fit. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if he rejected them. I know he. He used to speak to me about Celtic all the time. Um, he's massive Barcelona fan. Um, he knows a lot about our club's history. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think he was. I think he was definitely down. He was in like the bottom three when he to shortlist. I'm trying to think when that was. But he was at Wigan. Um, uh, I think it was the Mowbray. Was it the Mowbray? Yeah. I think he would have done. I think he would have done very well. Yeah. Um, the style of football suits our club. Um, Did it suit you? Wigan? Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, It was a real possession-based team. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better team than Manchester to play under down, down south. I suppose we never really touched on it, but were you comfortable with the shift out left? 
Yeah, um, with with uh, Roberto's team, it was even less out there. You right. started left to come central all the time. So uh, the only time I was I was left really was when we lost possession and I had to get. Um, I had to now find a space defensively, which was on the left. But in possession, I could not not go anywhere because I still had to play with them as my 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 position. But I could come central. Um, uh, left was no problem. Yeah, you won the FA Cup with Wigan. Mm-hmm. How different is it winning? trophy with an underdog compared to winning it with Celtic where there's pressure to win it and you're expected to win it yeah massive difference um, the, uh, the 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 pressure that you feel with Celtic to win it is starts from the beginning of the season with Wigan it was there's no pressure to win any silverware event it's a bit of a pipe dream really um, obviously the more the cup went on the semi-final there was pressure because we played uh, Millwall so we were first game we were expected to win. Yeah, we're we're expected to win. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, but going into the Man City game, yeah, there was there's still pressure because look, it's an FA Cup final. Uh, there's huge pressure on it. But but we we, we thought we could win uh, because we played them two three weeks previous um, and dominated in periods of that game and got beat by a Tevez goal one nil. Uh, but we should have probably probably should have won that game. We had really good chances, so we knew we could beat them, and they weren't in a great moment. They were no. just going to lose their manager. Um, that was that was that was money for Man City at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was Mancini, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he, was, he left that summer, didn't yeah, he? He left literally a couple of days after that game, um, and we just we had a certain um, tactical plan and we stuck to it rigidly. And and look, the header at the end, just incredible header. So, but the joy, the joy in that moment is a joy I've not really felt. Um, I've never felt actually on a pitch like that. It was just pure joy. Like there's no, there was no. Expectation before the game of us winning the cup. It was just a just a, a moment that, that none of us expected. So a week later, yeah. back down to earth, we're mm-hmm. relegated. How does it go from the high of the win to being put down into the championship? Well, we got beat. We had to go to Arsenal and win. Um, and for a large part of that game, we 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 were very much in the game. I think we were one all at half time. You done it the season before. The run it towards the end of the season was incredible. You scored a lot of important goals. But we then before the game before the cup final, we got beat by Swansea at home three two, um, and that was the game that I think we thought ah, we're, we're, could that be could down. Be. Yeah, we now need to go to Arsenal and win, and they were going for Champions League football. Um, that at that point they seemed to get all the time, uh, so we won all, and then within I felt like it felt like ten minutes. It felt like the game was away for us. I think they scored two or three goals, and then um, yeah, just uh, people crying in dressing room. Manager was devastated, really, really emotional. Um, and at that point, you have you go through the emotions. You feel uh, like you're really disappointed to to obviously now right. Let's get back next season. The reality, the club changed dramatically within the time of the last game against Villa to then starting the next season under own coil. The club had just it was a it was such a huge change from where it was at that the reality of us getting promoted again was. Um, was Europe to contend with as well? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they went. Yeah, um, yeah, they had Europe. I had an injury, and in, I started. Unfortunately, I needed a hip surgery that summer. It got delayed. Uh, it was meant to get delayed to the following summer, but it lasted until about October. And then that was me done really for until April. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched from afar the club, unfortunately, unravel a little bit. Chicago Fire. Yeah, it was your time in America. Yeah, uh, off the field, it was amazing. It was nine months. I absolutely loved the city. Uh, amazing city. Um, the owner of the club's still a really good man. 
but the actual the, the football club at that time was was in a was not in a great place. Yeah, How did there. that come about? Was that agents or did you know people that played? Because no, I, no, I didn't know anyone. I, I knew I was thirty two. Uh, at um, the club, I was due to go to Leicester. Um, the club would not let me go to Leicester. And uh, the club said they would let me go abroad, um, and uh, and I was not against that. I was really quite up for another challenge, um, and uh, Chicago agreed to terms with them, and um, that was that was it. I really fancied another challenge. I spoke to a national manager; he had no problems with it. Um, but in reality, that that was that was too difficult to, or I found that too difficult to, and that was a driving factor in me coming back to Britain was the travelling between international games and it was just Even so difficult I don't know I'm not too familiar with how they structure the league but there must be a lot of travelling actually that was that was no problem because yeah. it, our first away game was in LA so we left on a th- if the game was a Saturday we left on a Thursday after right. training and then you didn't leave until the Sunday so you come back on the Sunday so the travelling was no problem with the games but that LA game I had to come back for Scotland Gibraltar and I played on the Saturday and I had to dry I had like a 10 hour flight and that game was on the, I want to say like Wednesday. We had Northern Ireland in a friendly on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And I was like, and then the second half against Gibraltar, I just I was not there physically. And this is Gibraltar. Right. It was too it was too difficult. I knew then, and that was me only eight weeks into it. What was the, what did you make of the MLS standard? Because there's a sort of lot made of that over here, the standard at that time and now isn't so good. But a lot of good players go over there and play. Yeah, the standards, it's because of the, the, the disparity in sort of wages of different players. So they have wage cap, which means that this player's just straight out of college. So it's really difficult for them to step up to MLS standards straight away. So within your squad, there's like real variations of levels. It's a good league. Yeah, it's a competitive league. It's not an easy league. No means you've got the travel and you've got the heat. It's a tough league. And the team, team that I was in that year made it. We found it tough. You've done... To England with Hull City, mm-hmm. where you worked under Marco Silver, mm-hmm. we left Watford. How good a manager was he? He was outstanding. Uh, I worked with him for five months. Um, I spoke to him a lot. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he must have got sick of that at times. <laughs> um, I knew I was coming towards the end of my career. And Is that something you do when you know you're coming towards the end? You ask managers more questions? No, I, I did the same with Roberto. Um, I did a lot. I did that with Gordon over the years. So I just, I think probably when I went to. Wigan, I started to think um, probably I would probably like to go into this line of work um, when I stopped playing. But with Marco, I um, defensively the things that he taught me were um, I hadn't been taught before, and I just found that really really motivating to try and speak to him as much as I could on these things and learn. Wrote down sessions that we'd done and um, all tactical things. Well, yeah, tactical, positional, like real basic defending things that. Um, I'm sure my under twenty team are absolutely delighted that I learned them and how to try and do with them uh, days. But um, there's things that I learned in that last six months that I that I 100% agree with, and I take them into the 20s team now. Yeah. So you're just going to take what you've learned from every manager, put it all together, and hopefully, <laughs> hope it all works out all right. <laughs> no, there's things I there's certain things I really believe in uh, that some managers will have. So Marco, there's things that I would have done or I believe are different, but. Uh, you have your own beliefs on how you think a team can win the game um, and what motivates you as a coach. Um, so, so what are yours then? Because you were speaking about philosophies earlier on. So, uh, Well, you could be here all... So it's so... Uh, I got asked this in an interview like, a couple of weeks ago, like what would you... If you had to name one thing, but there's so many things that you'd go through, uh, what you'd like your team to be like. Um, 
What pleases you when you when you're seeing your players developing? Uh, uh, from an attacking point of view, uh, just having a sort of like a positional awareness. So within a team, so there's things obviously that you see in players. We've had under twenties players that are just things that you can't coach mm. but within that I also find it so pleasing when they actually are very positionally disciplined within with what we're asking them to be so when we're attacking we attack in a certain way that the whole team is involved in that attack and that doesn't just mean that we're all out attack there's still defensive responsibilities for players so it's those sort of things that when the younger players take on board uh, exactly the instructions we give them and they understand it that's really really pleasing who's the, who's the standout that you've got in your under there's numerous there's probably uh, well Michael Johnson's obviously stepped up and played some first team he he was one of the standout players for the first six months of the season but I'd say we've got yeah we've, we've, we've got half a dozen that have got real opportunity to play in the first team if if they really dedicate themselves to it you had to retire mm-hmm. was it a difficult decision because of the transfer to Aberdeen possibility you were also were you linked? You were linked uh, very briefly. You were linked with a Tanghead as well, but I don't know if that was no, no, <laughs> not at that stage. <laughs> it was probably paper. No, you, you, you hadn't seen me play <laughs> that season at all. Uh, no, uh, it was a uh, difficult in terms of I would have liked to play in my hometown, um, but I, but when I found out uh, I needed another uh, more surgery on my hip, um, uh, the decision was was easy like I couldn't go through that surgery again I went through it at Wigan uh, I had to rely a lot on my family to get through that in terms of the first eight weeks when you're on crutches and post-surgery there's things that I had to rely on parents it was I couldn't and I didn't want to go through it like it was a pretty uh, like it's not a pleasant operation so um, I think by that stage I knew like that's enough's enough I want to still be active like I have to I want to be really active at training. I have to drive training every day. Um, be enthusiastic, and I and I can't do that if I'm not physically able. So, and I need to keep physically fit. How did the move about here come about? Had there been, you know, you've been speaking to Brendan Rodgers, and that you hear mm-hmm. of that it just. Um, I think the, the position became available. Um, the assistant had gone to China. Um, he'd got a job in China, and um, I think it coincided with me retiring and. Uh, my name was mentioned for some academy work anyway right. if I was going to retire and then it must have been mentioned um, for this role and uh, it must have struck a chord with Brendan that, and he must have asked around to try to find out a bit more about me and uh, asked to meet me um, three four hours later it was it was the job was he offered me the job and I think it was that was on a Thursday and it started on a Monday and Nobody in a better position after you came through with Sutton, Henrik, and Hartson. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's a uh, um, like it's, it's about the players, isn't it? Like you have to try and give them the or create the best environment for them to be the best player that they can possibly be. And it's, it sounds that's easy saying that, but on a daily basis, it's there's ups and downs. Because look, they're sixteen, seventeen. None of us made the right decision yeah. at that age every day. So, well, no, I didn't. And uh, so you have to just. But I love, I absolutely love working with players. Like that is the favourite part of my day, my week. Um, um, it must give you an immense source of satisfaction, though, to see the players that you're coaching. I'll be here at the start, but as you're identifying them, like Mikey starts to break through the first team. That, that must be. Oh, that's the that's the best part. Uh, yeah, we had Ewan Henderson was on the bench as well. Um, uh, Ewan's Ewan's very very talented boy. Um, Again, it's probably similar to the comment I said. It's, it's um, 
there's a few there's a few in our team and it's really down to how much they want to dedicate their life to because it, like now it's not easy like uh, the pressures that younger players are far bigger than what it was when I was coming through there's social media that and other factors that put a bigger amount of pressure on younger players they feel like they need to have things quicker and look you see snippets of things so you see snippets of amazing skill that Neymar so uh, look you can name top players do you see snippets um, when in reality they have to do the hard yards they still have to make constant runs in behind defences they still have to track back and win the ball but these aren't the snippets you see you see the snippets of the amazing skill but um, there's so much these top players they're so dedicated they work hard um, and you look at Kane obviously at Spurs it's up, up and down Like his was not a smooth path he had numerous loans that he didn't play but he was always given the opportunity to fight and battle to get in these loan teams. And never once did Tottenham, I know Sherwood, never once, even when he wasn't playing at these loan teams, did they think less of him as a player. They still knew he was possibly going to be a player for them. Ooh, Liam Miller didn't break through until he was 22, 23. Yeah, Liam was older, yeah. Jeez, Liam, when he broke in, he just took so off like an absolute express train. Yeah. Oh, he was brilliant. He was, he was, uh, he uh, he. We knew he was physically good in terms of when we were doing testing as young players. You come through, it was he was unbelievably fit. But when he went to the first team, there was a power of running. It was just amazing. He, he went on. He, a few players went on to Denmark. Was it? Den- Ar- uh, no, Aarhus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's see, that's amazing. Yeah. So, well, final question, Sean. Yeah. You enjoying your coach? You love working with young guys. Would you ever want to be a first team manager? Manager. Uh, I think time will tell. I think I definitely want to work in a first team environment. I think that's um, what I strive to improve on. I see our first team staff and I want to make the development squad as close to them as possible in terms of the standard of training and the messages they get. So yeah, I'd absolutely love to work in the first team one day, whether that's head coach or one of the coaches. There's people I want to, I would love to work with. There's people um, that I'd really love to work with in the first team environment. So if that happens, great. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.